Welcome to the Cost of Not Paying Attention, hosted by nationally recognized speaker Janine Hamner Holman. Janine knows what it takes to attract and retain world class talent. Join her here each week on the Cost of Not Paying Attention as we use brain science, leadership, management, and real life challenges managers face to explore the places where we aren't paying attention. Welcome to The Cost of Not Paying Attention. I am your host, Janine Hamner-Holman. What am I paying attention to today? The power of imposter syndrome. So imposter syndrome is that like niggling fear that maybe we can't actually do that thing that we just told somebody we could do. I was on a Zoom earlier today with a whole group of CEOs and thought leaders, and this topic came up. And one person asked, I actually wrote it down because I thought it was so great. They said, how often do you feel like you're faking expertise. I thought that that was brilliant because the reality is that we all have that voice in our head that says, yeah, maybe you actually, you think you can do that thing. You think you're awesome at it, but maybe you're not. And it's so not helpful for all of the things that we're up to. So it's actually one of those things that I would love for us to stop paying attention to. And it's pretty hooky. It gets its hooks in us. So I'm going to be talking in the future and probably blogging as well about the cost and the power of imposter syndrome, which leads me right into our next guest because man, this gal, she ain't an imposter. She is hot. Is <laughs> I Donna. thought you were going to introduce me and say, she is fake. She no, is such she an is imposter. So She's perfect. <laughs> she is so on it. She is so real. We've known each other only for a couple of months. And amazing. you know how you meet those people and you just think, oh, I like you. Like we I, I want to get connected with you. Yes. I want to be friends with you. And we might have known each other in a past life. We might have. It's yeah. entirely possible. <laughs> yeah. I've always wondered about those connections when you mm. when you meet and you're just like immediately talking about the other. real stuff. Mm-hmm. That's who Donna Rustigan Mack is for me. So she is the founder and president of iVoice Communication, which is a company that trains current and emerging leaders to be seen, heard, and to be more influential through effective communication. While she looks like she's a teenager, she actually has four decades of experience (laughs) and was a female pioneer in the media and digital media space. 
She's also a certified mindfulness teacher and the author of Guide to a Richer Life, Know Your Worth, Find Your Voice, Speak Your Truth. Donna's mission is to create a world where everyone has the confidence and ability to communicate so that they can form healthy human connections and live a richer life personally and professionally. She's also a resident of metropolitan Boston, which I especially love because I grew up across the river from Boston in Cambridge. So welcome, Donna. My absolute pleasure to be here today, Janine. Thank you. You're so welcome. So let's hop into it. As our listeners know, our podcast is called The Cost of Not Paying Attention. So what's something that you have become aware of Mm -hmm. that either you or other people weren't paying attention to before? And what was the cost of that not paying attention? Right, right. My goodness, Janine, where the heck do we start? You know, 50% of the time, according to the Mindfulness Center at Brown University in Providence, Rhode Island, where I've been doing some studying over the past 14 months, actually, they say 48% of the time, but nearly half of our time, we are not present. We are either thinking about something that happened in the past or thinking about something that may or may not come up in the future, and we are not present. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing, and it's so not surprising. I have right here on my computer a post-it note that says, be here now in big letters Mm -hmm. to help me remember to stay present Right, because it's so easy to get pulled out because our brain is constantly going in all kinds of different directions. It's distracted. Right. We get distracted super easily. Mm -hmm. We're all now in this time of COVID where many of us are working from home and it's easy to get distracted. And so one of the things that I talk about is listening and the power of listening in communication and all the things that we are doing when we think we're listening, but we're actually not. (laughs) Well, and you, like I, I'm going to guess that you teach listening skills. That's part of your repertoire, part of your menu, so to speak. And I I do the same. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. And luckily, this story happened about three years ago, but I was teaching an emerging leader some listening skills and the importance of being there and being present with her new employees. She had mm-hmm. just gotten hired into this particular position. And we I think our, our coaching session was two and a half hours long. So halfway through, we both took a break and we came back and we started talking again. Now, during the break, what did I do? I probably hit the restroom, right? Uh-huh. Checked my email, checked my texts. Right. And when I came back, because the break was lasted maybe eight minutes, when I came back, I'm thinking about the emails and I'm thinking about the texts and all of a sudden she's talking and I realized, your executive communication coach isn't listening. (laughs) So guess what I did? What did you do? What do you think? 
I think you told on yourself. I called myself out. Absolutely. Yeah. I had to. Right? I could have gotten away with it, but you know what? High integrity. You try to be in as high in- integrity as possible. So, and, and it was a good story when you think about it. And I've told that story to other people and they get it. They understand. Right. So I think the skill here is to be aware when mm-hmm. you find yourself not listening and to call yourself out. Okay. I, I love that idea of leaders. I mean, obviously, so you're in the position of being the coach. You are the one who's leading this conversation. Yes. And you are being willing to be transparent, to be open, to be that word that we often have a love-hate relationship with, vulnerable. Vulnerable. And, And to call yourself out and to say, hey, I'm realizing... I just went away. I realized physically I was here. And it is other things. Right, Janine. And it is vulnerable. And at the same time, it needs to be honest. Honest. Because if you are going to move forth as somebody who is trustworthy, and what is more important in the world, personally and professionally, as we move forth doing our best to develop trusted relationships, it has to start from within. So it can't start with fibs, right? (laughs) It has to start with thorough honesty, first and foremost with yourself and then with others. Awesome. I Mm -hmm. love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I do my best. That's what I stand for. Yeah. So, you know, another study I wanted to cite today on this podcast is the fact that our attention spans, right? Our attention spans, I read an article not long ago that said our attention spans used to be 12 seconds long. We could actually focus on something for 12 seconds before our brains were distracted by something. However, that has decreased from 12 to 8. And 8 seconds is actually less than the attention span of a goldfish. That's, that's <laughs> what the article... You Have you read that article? Yes. <laughs> now, there's more. This article was written by the folks from Microsoft in the year 2015. Mm. So, can you imagine our attention spans now? And you mentioned COVID because stress absolutely makes a difference. So, I mean, it's hindering us, right? We're so concerned about what's going to happen in our futures. And, you know, it's so easy to stay, I call it, in the OODA loop in your mind, (laughs) right? And be distracted. So, yeah, understanding the attention span and understanding the detriments of being distracted and not paying attention are so, so very important. Yeah. Awesome. So I know that when you talk with folks about communication, Mm -hmm. there are some sort of key pillars, key guidestones that you use. Could you tell us some more about that? Yes. In the year 2012, I created something called the Six Pillars of Effective Communication. And somebody asked me, where did they come from? (laughs) I said, it was a download. (laughs) You know, I mean, I just, I just... I was actually preparing to do a talk because Mm -hmm. I do quite a bit of public speaking. Mm -hmm. And somebody asked me to speak on the topic of fear and especially Mm -hmm. around the fear of not only delivering complex presentations, but especially around the fear of having those crucial conversations with people. Mm -hmm. So I sat down and I, you know, I started writing. 
and I'll go through them quickly for you. Please. Okay. That would be delightful. Because we could spend all day. I don't want to yeah. spend too, too, much on t- too, too much time on them. And I'm actually going to start from the end, okay? Right. Pillar number six is called detach from the outcome, uh, which sounds like a very strange, you get it though, don't you? Ooh, <laughs> like it's, I love it that that's the last one. And I love it that that's where you started. Like, because really like that's ninja level being able to detach from the outcome. Like that's some serious Buddhism going on right there. So I know some of what you're talking about, and I'm sure you know way more than I know about (laughs) the opportunity to detach from the outcome. Tell us more about that. Hard job. You don't always get it right. We're attached, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, of course we want positive outcomes. Say you're up having a conversation and you're presenting a proposal to someone, right? You want them to buy from you. You want them to know, like, and trust you and sign on on the dotted line at the end of the conversation. Think about it. If you are attached to the outcome, you really, really want them to buy. You really, really want them to trust you and like you. And they feel that. Mm-hmm. So when you move forth as someone who's more detached, you trust yourself. There's that trust word again. Mm-hmm. Of course you want them to trust you, but first and foremost, you trust yourself. And you know what? If they're not supposed to sign on the dotted line and work with you at this time, it's really okay. It just might not be the right time. Perhaps you were just here to plant some seeds, or maybe actually there are a couple of things in, in your proposal which can be enhanced, which you can perfect over time as you learn, as you continue to grow as a leader. So that's one way of looking at detachment. The other way of looking at detached is, you know what? I just have to, without a doubt, have this conversation with this person. Mm. Even if I know they are totally and completely not going to be on board, Mm -hmm. I still have to say the words. And again, and this is reminding me, straight spine, right? Make sure, (laughs) right? Backbone. How's your Mm -hmm. backbone doing? Mm -hmm. And so you're able to go in and have that conversation that just needs to be had. And I think most people, when they're speaking and doing their best to connect with other humans, whether it be just one human, one challenging personality, or <laughs> or a large group of people, typically our brains talk about not paying attention. Our brains, think about it, we're up there, we're, we're speaking, we're trying to be influential, but our brains sabotage us by being distracted with thoughts such as, number one, what are they thinking about me, right? So how am I being perceived? Mm -hmm. And number two, am I being perfect? (laughs) And I always remind folks, you know what? Do your best to detach from those things. Number one, there's no such thing as perfection when it comes to effective communication. Number two, guess what? If you're in there having an opportunity or with an opportunity to have an important conversation with them, you've already thought about the person. You've already thought about the audience. You shouldn't Mm -hmm. be thinking about it for the first time here. So when you're detached, you feel calm confident, and more comfortable in your own skin. And that's important because how you feel as a communicator is directly related with how others in the room feel. So that's why I start with detach from the outcome. And then quickly, number one, pillar number one is know and own and 
be who you are. I have a whole program around that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you want to be authentic. Mm -hmm. You want to be you. And of course, you want to be approachable. Those are the two biggest things, authentic and approachable. Number two, pillar number two is relate with them. Once Mm. you spend all this time doing your best to understand who you are, remember, it's not about you. It's about (laughs) them. And you know what? If you take time to really make it more about your people, more about the people you're communicating with, they'll feel that and they'll appreciate that. Pillar number three is called master your content. So obviously, do your best to know what the heck it is you're talking about (laughs) and structure it in a way so you make it not only easy for you, but you make it easy for them to understand. Like today, we're going to talk about the three most important topics surrounding the program that we're working on or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then also be aware of something I call industry jargon. It's so easy to talk about industry jargon because you're a thought leader. You're a smart person. Again, it's not about you. It's about them. So be aware of industry jargon and make it easy for folks to understand and digest your information. Pillar number four is called anticipate questions and reactions. Okay, so what are they going to be concerned about? What are they going to be curious about? And at the same time, How are you going to be reacting when you get to a particular point in your presentation or a particular point in your conversation? Think about these things prior to going in. Okay, that's important. Pillar number five is called serve when you speak. Because we've all heard of speakers who just speak. (laughs) Here's the information, and here's more information, right? And here's more information. Oh, and I'm really, I I can give you even more information. Serve when you speak and do your best again to make sure you make it more about them instead Mm -hmm. of about you. And I also equate this pillar with doing your best to move forth as somebody who is educating right? Mm -hmm. Somebody who is in teacher mode. And you're, you're also doing your best to ensure that understanding is taking place. In this particular pillar, when you serve, when you're, when you speak, you are attuned to the listener. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which is not an easy place to be. That's why it's important to master your content, right? Pillar number three and to practice a bit. So, So it comes much more easily and naturally to you, and you can serve when you speak. So you're not only focusing, right, paying attention to what you're saying, you're also paying attention to them. Not an easy job. So again, it takes practice. And in order to get to pillar number six, detach from the outcome where you're calm and confident or more calm and more confident than you normally would be, you have to work through pillars number one through five. <laughs> and it's a practice. You know, you don't get this stuff overnight. Even your executive communication coach, coach forgets <laughs> from time to time. And yeah, it's a practice. It really takes time for it to become part of you and who you are and how you how you communicate with others. I love it. And I love the combination between looking inward and looking outward. And so much of where I think we as people get tripped up is our idea about communication is all about what's coming out of my mouth 
and very little about what's actually landing over there. And when you combine that reality, I'm too focused on what I'm saying and not enough focused on what you're receiving. Right. And the fact that our attention span is now shorter than a goldfish. <laughs> shorter than a goldfish. Somebody needs to do it to a new study, I'm telling you. Right? <laughs> that there's so much opportunity for us to to get too into our heads. And, you know, for those of us who really feel called to help help organizations, help individuals step into their leadership more, help transform the world of work so that it's one in which everyone can thrive, my personal mission statement, whether it's really helping leaders be their best for their people, whether it's transforming internal organizational cultures so that everybody is able to bring their full selves to work. Whatever our particular flavor of that mission is, we can get so wrapped up in, I have information that is so important in my mind that I am going to flood you with it. Mm -hmm. And Instead of figuring out, okay, what are the bite-sized pieces that we can start with and layer in so that you can actually stay present, so that you can actually listen, so that you can actually consume the information in a way where it's landing for you. And that's part of what I think is really great in how you've constructed these pillars because each one is a bite-sized concept that moves from understanding what's happening with me to understanding what's happening with you to then create the connection between me and you and then be unattached to the outcome. And clearly easier said than done. (laughs) You're absolutely right about the inward and the outward, right? And that really is what differentiates me from a lot of other executive communication coaches, Janine, because in addition to, yes, 40 years in the world of communication and for the last 12 years as an executive communication coach and a workforce trainer, I'm also a certified mindfulness teacher. And uh, sometimes when I say this, people look at me like I have three heads, but I think people are starting to understand the importance of that personal piece and the introspection and understanding who you are as a communicator. Hence, pillar number one, right? Mm-hmm. Know and own and be who you are and spend a lot of time there. I spend time every day asking myself the question, what worked? what didn't work, Mm -hmm. and how can I make it a little bit better tomorrow? It's hard to figure (laughs) out who you are as a communicator. It is. Mm -hmm. What are my strengths and what are my vulnerabilities? And I never call them weaknesses because guess what? We all have strengths and we all have vulnerabilities. So it's so challenging to really understand who you are as a communicator and even more challenging to try to understand the other person, the other guy. <laughs> and you know what? If you can't totally and completely understand who you are, then how on earth are you, gonna under- are you going to understand the other person? All you can do is do your best to understand 
human dynamics. Mm -hmm. That's what I take people through with, with pillar number one, helping them understand human dynamics. And you know, this is really part of emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. And it's really reflection on who you are as a communicator, right? Giving yourself a self-assessment, self-reflection, and then turning and looking at the other person or the audience mm -hmm. and doing your best to relate in, you know, as trusted a way as possible. <laughs> it's not easy work. Oh my goodness, but it's absolutely worth the time and the energy and the effort to know who you are and to understand human dynamics and to be okay and more than okay when people are different. People are different. And I love it that you brought that up. And as you know, I'm a certified emotional intelligence practitioner. So getting into the world of emotional intelligence, I love. And because with COVID, and then with last May and the conversation that many of us got propelled into around diversity, equity, and inclusion and systemic racism and the whole idea of embracing diversity. And, you know, one of the things that, that I do is work on diversity, equity, and inclusion with organizations that are really interested in taking that on, not in just checking a box. Yeah, we did a, we did an implicit bias training and now we're done. But those that, that really understand when we are diverse, when we have different kinds of experiences and perspectives and worldviews, we actually as a group, make much better decisions. We're yes. more agile as organizations. We're more profitable as organizations. It makes everything better. And there are real challenges that we need to address in order to do it well, in order to do it thoughtfully and mindfully, and to not trod over other people and to really have an opportunity to be self-reflective and to embrace all that it is that we are as, as human beings, both the awesome and the less than awesome in us. And so I love that you, that you brought in this idea around, around embracing our differences. Yes. And, and I know that part of what you do as part of what I do is help people with challenging conversations, crucial conversations, difficult conversations, how, however you want to put the frame. I'm working with an organization right now that has two members of their management team that just cannot get along. And after two and a half years and losing some staff, they finally decided they should do something about this. So we're getting going on that. And it's a lot of fun. It's super challenging. And of course, I can't get them to do anything. They get to themselves, learn some new tools and, and give up some stuff and move into some stuff and create a new way of being. And thankfully, we're, we're also doing it with the CEO of the company so that we're all in the soup together. Can I help you a little bit with that one? Yes, please. Okay. And you Why might have bring it up. Well, here you might have already done some of this. Right. But the first thing I do when I'm dealing with people 
who are in conflict is, you know, you speak to each one individually and you get a sense of who's open Mm -hmm. to learning and growing and seeing their blind spots. Because some people do not, they're not, they're just not open to seeing their blind spots. Or they say they are, but they really aren't. Yeah. And for those people who might be listening who don't know what a blind spot is, what's a blind spot, Donna? (laughs) Oh, you have something in your teeth. No, I don't. (laughs) You know, oh, well, I did did something called the Grace 360s. I have a, a program called the Grace 360s where each individual on a leadership team gets to choose three people that they trust will be honest with me about that person's strengths and vulnerabilities. Hmm. So I get on the phone with them. Hello, (laughs) you know, tell me where they're great. And then tell me how we can help them be better. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've heard of, oh my goodness, so many different things. Like there was one CEO I was working with and the three people he chose said, you know, he just needs to realize that he tries to walk amongst the people. He thinks he knows, oh, I'll just walk amongst the people. And he'll occasionally ask the people, the little people (laughs) questions, but he's really not listening. Mm. Right. Or he'll attend the meetings, but then all of a sudden he'll get on his phone. And, you know, he's not paying attention to the meeting. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. You know, there, I was working with a young woman. I call her young. She's around 40. And one of her blind spots was she was too nice. Mm-hmm. A brilliant, a brilliant woman, very likable, but a people person, a people mm-hmm. pleaser, rather, yeah. a people pleaser. So she would delegate to people and they would drop the ball on her. Why? Because they could, because people just naturally are procrastinators and they, they're like, oh, well, we'll do all the, all the other work. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We'll put her last on the list of things to do. We get to it. We get to it. We don't. We don't. And then between you know, some group training and some one-on-one coaching, she was able to learn how to delegate with what we call mindful authority. And I reminded her, you can still be kind and authoritative. Mm-hmm. Yep. I and, recently wrote a piece called Kind, Not Nice. Yeah. We get to and, give up being nice. We get right. to be kind. Right. But she could actually deliver it in a kind way, but stand in her power simultaneously. So they knew she meant business, that she really needed this. And I'm so proud of her. You know, she said she, and it took her time and it took her practice because she had yep. to step out of her comfort zone. And, but she grew as a leader. And it was interesting because she told me the person that she delegated to who consistently had dropped the ball in the past, she said they grew as well because they were really proud of themselves when they were able to meet the deadline the last time around. It was a really cool project. They had to scramble the last mm-hmm. couple of days, but mm-hmm. they did it and they did it on time. And think about it, it was a win, win, win. A win for her. A win for them and a win for the company. And right there, I always point, look at there's a direct connection between that right there and the bottom line. So she didn't have to waste any time. She didn't have to call up the client and say, we're going to be another week late. We're going to be three days late. (laughs) And her stress level, she had a little stress because she had to learn new skills and practice new skills. But once she did, now she's super proud of herself. She is empowered and she has the ability to empower others. 
Uh, I love it. That's one of my values of my company is is empowerment, is empowering ourselves, empowering our clients, empowering their teams. So I love the whole concept of empowerment. And as long as this, I was just going to say, I'm sorry, as long as the CEO, right, and the senior leaders are on board, because sometimes they're afraid to empower the people. Right. But you know what? We're not living in an old-fashioned manufacturing society anymore. It's a knowledge economy. It's a new way of moving forth and, and doing things. We need our people. And now's the time to do it because there are so many people who are in leadership positions who are going to be retiring, right, over the next right. X amount of time. And there simply aren't enough people in that mid-generation, right, in Generation X to fill the positions that are going to be vacated over the next five to 10 years. So you really do need to groom that next generation of employees. And a lot of times the senior leaders don't have the ability to groom the next generation of employees because they weren't trained. They weren't trained. They don't have the skills. Yep. Uh, it's an opportunity and a challenge. So (laughs) we're starting to, to run close on time. So Donna, if, uh, you had a magic wand, and you could have people pay attention to just one thing, either something that we were talking about today or something else. What would that one thing be and why? I am so excited you asked me this question. <laughs> because as you were talking a little while ago, I've written, written down some notes. And I was, uh, as you said, we were winding down the program right now. I was kind of sad that I wasn't going to be able to share it. And now I am. Yay. I would have people pay attention to who they are Mm. as opposed to who they aren't (laughs) because and you and it's interesting because you started this podcast janine with the story about the imposter syndrome right and our negative brains our brains automatically default to the negative and it's so easy for us to see who we aren't Mm-hmm. as opposed to who we are. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to plug one of my books here. That's why uh-huh. I created something called the Appreciation Journal, hashtag yay me, <laughs> for people who have difficulty in this area to actually write down, it's kind of like a gratitude journal, right? To write down one or two things a day that you appreciate yourself for and mm-hmm. replenish that within yourself. This way you'll be able to see it within yourself, And once you get good at it, here's the cool thing. Once you get good at seeing who you are instead of who you aren't, you're much more apt to be able to see who others are as opposed to who they aren't. And that is directly related with diversity and inclusion and all the biases that are running rampant, especially now. So it's work. Notice it. And do your best to push those, what I call the committee members, the negative committee, or sometimes I call them the fricking nitpickers, right? right? Tell those nitpickers, thank you for your service, but go sit in the corner for a while. I'm busy. I got it. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. I trust myself and be able to open the door and you'll be able to build more trusted relationships. Well, I think that's a perfect note to close on for today. 
Thank you so much, Donna Rustig and Mac. This has been a wonderful conversation. It has, hasn't it? Thank you uh, so much, Janine. It has been awesome. And we'll have to tell the audience today, before we started recording, we said, we could talk all day. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it is wonderful to meet a kindred spirit who so cares about humans and human development, and especially in the workplace, because we spend more of our waking hours in the workplace than any place else, even if the workplace in this day and age is the same place you live. Is in your dining room. <laughs> is in my dining room. It's not going to be forever. But yeah, so, so we're doing good work. We're doing, and I feel totally blessed, and I know you do too. Wonderful. I am Janine Hamner-Holman, and this has been The Cost of not paying attention. Remember, great leaders make great teams. Until next time. Bye-bye. On behalf of Janine Hamner-Holman, thanks for paying attention. This has been the cost of not paying attention. Head on over to our website, www.janinehamner.com forward slash podcast for access to the show notes as well as additional resources. Remember, great leaders make great teams. I'm the